Welcome everyone to Being Experiential Podcast. And this is Aaron Pruitt. And I'm excited that myself and Bethany Evans, my co-host with me, we're going to be talking about a very hot topic. We are going to be talking about <gasps> sex. <laughs> <laughs> and more accurately, um, Bethany's and my sex journey. Yes. And what yeah. exactly are we going to talk about that with? Bethany? Yeah. So, oh, and we're switching things up a little bit just so if we seem awkward, we are, we are awkward and we, are. we get even extra awkward when we switch shit up. Right. And then we have to call it out and be like, just so you know, we know that we're awkward. <laughs> don't worry. We are aware. So you don't, we know what you're thinking and it's totally fine. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about sex, but we're not just talking about like bang, bang, bang. Right. How to have sex or, you know, yeah, the, the, the smashing that, of do, private that, parts. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> smashing of private parts. <laughs> Instead those, of the public I'm, parts. Those those words have never come out of my mouth <laughs> I'm, before. That's why I'm like looking at you like, I feel like I'm having a okay. conversation with my grandmother. Sorry. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about when I was a kid. Private parts. <laughs> yeah. So no, but really, I mean, when you think about it, there's a, there's a lot of charge around sex in our society in with people, depending on who you are. But I'd say for the majority a lot of people have a charge around sex, whether it's you're empowered in it, you're ashamed of it, you're not really having it, it. <laughs> having it, you're not into it. I don't know. Cause there is some, our thing is a being asexual, which is like yeah. being more neutral. Um, but we specifically, we want to talk about our journey and like where it comes from. So when your children, you know, wh- when did you first hear about sex or become aware of sexual pleasure or that, that thing that's happening down there, um, you know, and how was it presented in your home and in your culture, uh, whether you were religious or not. And so we thought it would be cool to talk about our journeys, get a little vulnerable here, I think, um, and share with you where we came from and how we got to where we are right now. And it'll also play into why we chose our book for our for a book club that we're starting this month, which Super we excited. had announced for our last uh, on our last episode, which is Pussy, a Reclamation by Regina Thomas Hauer. So stay tuned for the end where we're going to talk more about the book and why we chose it. But here's a little intro into why the book is so important, at least why I think it is. So Erin, let's talk about our sex journey. Totally. And I think that, that <laughs> yeah, the book has definitely launched us in the conversation about what is sexuality, pleasure, intimacy, both individual. So when you hear us talking about this individually and in partnerships or in a collective, maybe groups. Yeah, because um, that is a thing now. Yeah, well, I, think I mean, it might've been for a while. It always has been, but like now it's more public. Did you People not see more... Game of Thrones? Well, <laughs> <laughs> for, okay. So maybe this is just my perspective coming from like a hush hush be ashamed of sexuality upbringing. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll get into that. Yeah. So we're going to, yeah. So we just listen from a place of, as we explore and share, Bethany and I know some stuff's about, about our sexual journey, but we don't know everything. And our goal is to like share with you what our sexual journey is so that you could actually do maybe that own introspective journey. And if you're in a partnership or you have children or friends or family that you're like, Hey, I'd love, I'm curious, what did this look like for you to unpack? And for us, it's we're unpacking what we want to take with us 
as we go further on our sexual journey and what we have let go of and what we continue to work on letting go of that we don't want to take on our journey. Yeah. And I think it's really important if you do have children, it's like when they start talking about it, if they bring it up to you, like, are you prepared to have those conversations with them? You know, (laughs) what are you going to say to them? I don't know. You know, I'm as much as work I've done in the area, I'm still like, it still makes you feel uncomfortable when your child is like, what, you know, asking the questions. I will definitely be talking about that. (laughs) It's funny because I think Carl and I are different. He's, I want to preempt Mm. like I'm like okay she's going here I want to talk about it prior and he yeah. wants to talk about it post Doctor. gotcha and I'm like oh I think well, so good. you guys a good partnership right there then because you can mm-hmm. be like okay great I'll I will prepare them you get to deal with the aftermath no, <laughs> no but I don't get to prepare necessarily he's no. like because we have another for his kids person yeah it's like yeah. I don't know there's that's true there yeah so it's tricky so blended families I have a lot of compassion because it's not that everyone's on the same page on when or where yeah. or how you talk about it yeah um, it's not your place as their no. mom as the, his kid's mom yeah yeah all right so the first thing is we talked about why um so what was your message Bethany when you were young do you remember what sex pleasure uh what the message was when you were younger like 10 and under it wasn't, it was more like the, the feeling I got from it was more shameful. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just because I was shamed when I was a kid. I remember how old I was, it was probably like five, four or five. Like, you know, when you start exploring that area and like you do actually, it's actually normal for other kids to start doing that with each other. Mm-hmm. And that isn't, I think, talked about a lot. And a lot of people, it makes people uncomfortable to say that, like working in a preschool, I've seen kids like during nap time trying to help them soothe themselves by doing that kind of stuff like masturbating <clears throat> mm-hmm. yeah so it's actually normal and a I version think, of masturbation. a version of right it's not like and again kids are more innocent they don't really logically understand what they're doing they just know it feels good or that's how they've come to help the like calm themselves down mm-hmm. um and so i had experiences with other kids And then when we were discovered doing things, you know, whatever, it it was- Were you touching each other? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Do you mind me asking questions? (laughs) I don't know. From like a listener's point of view, like what exactly were they doing? I don't remember exactly because it was like a long time ago. And I just had memories of the, the feeling of, oh, I'm being ashamed of it. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. Um, so I don't remember exactly what we were doing to be completely honest. Um, and also I don't think I, even if I did, there are some things I'm not sure I want to share, <laughs> but, um, you didn't yeah, expect I, that I would ask, <laughs> which is funny. What's funny because like, you know, being as empowered as I am now as a, as an adult, and I don't mind talking about that stuff. I think there are still some, like as a child, there's that level of, I don't know, like, it's inappropriate, you know, at least that's, that's what I get. And so it feels inappropriate to say things about it as, as me doing that as a child. So you feel like, Hey, this is normal. Kids are going to do this. Yeah. I feel normal that I did it, but I feel like I might, it's not, you're shaking. I I was going to say, no, I still don't even, it still doesn't feel normal. I think that's when, when, when we did this, I was like, okay, well, there's still obviously 
some work in this area for me. Like we're never fully healed, right? For something or whatever. Like I realize why this sex and my sexuality and pleasure is such a huge lesson for me and things that I'm working on for myself and that I'm going to help other people work on is because I'm still healing that side of me. So there is actually the feeling of it's inappropriate. I shouldn't have done that. So it still is there. <clears throat> and that's actually. from, so for when we're talking about it now, you're like, Hey, there's some stuff I'm totally comfortable talking about. And there's some stuff that I'm not sure I'm not, I'm not, I know I'm not ready to talk about. Yeah. Um, okay. All yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause I, to be completely honest, I haven't talked about it with anybody. And so sharing it for the first I'm, time I'm on a like, podcast like, with public, with the public audience. We have a script. I'm like, it's right there. <laughs> we're going to ask this question. So when you say, Oh, oh I don't know if I'm sure. I was like, well, shit. I know. Well, that's why I was like, oh, well, you're the one who made it. You're the one who created the script. So. Yeah, but I sent it to you and you got to see it for four days before. But I think, but I know for me, it's good to take it on, to, to open up that conversation to talk about it. So as we start on the panel and, you know, for our, for our book club, I think it, it's helping me become more open to talking about that stuff. Because like I said, I, I literally have never spoken I don't even think to a therapist about this stuff. I've said, I've talked about it in general terms, but getting specific about like, yeah, this like is when what I, happened. This uh -huh. is what I did. This is like, there's still some elements of shame in there. And I don't say it to make you uncomfortable. I don't ask to make you uncomfortable, but no. I, what I do is I always try to tell people like, sometimes it's better. It like, people are like, oh, that happened. Don't worry. I'm not going to tell you. My imagination goes to a thousand times worse. And I, yeah. sometimes, and I was raised by my mother, a Virgo who it has yeah. that chicken little worry wart. So I've always been like, it's probably better just to tell people than let them imagine yeah. where. So that's why I was asking like, what gotcha. do you want to share? Cause that makes sense. Some people are like, oh my gosh, she was like, just think of all the things that could Let's happen. See, we weren't so inserting anything into any holes. I'll say that <laughs> <laughs> it was more just touching and, yeah. you know, like rubbing body parts together. That's so that's what it was. And I think for me, so I grew up, my background is I grew up in a Catholic background. My parents went to church, got married in the church. I went to the same grade school they went to. And so there's the Catholicism's version of sex, right? Mm -hmm. Which is very patriarchal in my yeah. opinion. It is, there's right and wrong. Masturbating's not okay. Um, sex before marriage, nope. Yeah. But, and women kind of held the, if they did, if there was sex for marriage, it's like, well, you can't have an abortion, like all these things mm. that were very shaming. Yeah. But the cool thing was, is I lived in a very liberated household around, um, I call, I said that we were like, uh, critical thinker Catholics. <laughs> I was raised in that, right? Like a five, six, who the hell knows? Yeah. But I think for me, the, what I was told was, of course, you'd be curious about your body. Um, my parents were like, of course you'd be curious in this. And, and my mom was always saying in the anatomy, like your vagina, your penis, yeah. uh, um, you know, and my dad, and my dad would be like, cause my dad's one of six boys and they did not talk about sex in his household. <laughs> and my mom's had an Aquarius mother who ah. did talk about sex, gotcha. um, and challenged the Catholic. So it was good. It was like a hell to me. It was like better than not talking. So I'm, oh, I'm a big sure. advocate. I felt like I got so much information from the world that I, 
having my parents there to buffer that information for me and help me understand it and to have an opinion about it. Like, mm-hmm. no, that is, you know, I remember a girl got pregnant in grade school, not grade school, but like eighth grade. I was in like seventh grade. She was in eighth grade or ninth <clears throat> grade. Yeah. And I remember my dad saying like, she was fretting whether to keep the baby or and like all this stuff. And I remember my dad saying, where's the boy? Well, where's his responsibility? Mm-hmm. And he, he said, you know, all of you be aware, like if you're going to have sex with someone or get, let your, someone be, you know, have access to your body, or is it someone that will have your back if something goes wrong or something yeah, happens yeah. that you don't want? And yeah. I remember holding males to a whole nother account because of the way my dad held them. Mm-hmm. And he also had four girls. Right. So he was right. Protective. Of course. But I think for me, it was like at a young age before 10, it was weighing two pieces. It was weighing what the world said, what my, the religion I was being raised in. And mm-hmm. then my parents were kind of, for me, the gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. They were also very um, affectionate with one another. Like <laughs> I knew my parents had sex. Mm-hmm. I knew like, you don't go in their bedroom. You better knock. <laughs> like... Um, and my parents were like my dad, like freer around their body. Like there was a confidence about their bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so in that That's way, cool. it was, it was great. I do. I've known the last podcast, the recent podcast I talked about also being molested. And I think that skewed only thing it skewed for me. And it, cause it happened when I was like five and I told when I was six mm-hmm. is I, um, had a lot of boundaries I like like a lot of like who was allowed to get to me so I think there was, I had the experience when I was like seven or eight when a girl neighbor friend we were at her house and she's like oh let's get naked under the blanket and let's look at each other and I was like uh and I think I did to a certain extent but I was like eh, no because she was like we like we we're like oh boobs nipples you know vagina mm-hmm. and I was like yeah I'm done yeah but I don't know if I would have done that if I hadn't been molested I think the molestation had me because I went through a court case and really found a voice of boundaries Yeah, that I was like, nope, not doing this anymore. Yeah. You had a very unique view of it for that age, yeah. you know, yeah. they put a lot of questions and, you know, yeah. needing to protect myself and all of that for sure. Yeah. So, what, what was I going to say? Yeah. For me, it was like, I didn't have any guidance really mm-hmm. around it. So it was like, I was kind of just left. It was just, wasn't talked about. It wasn't, it was more so like you pretend it doesn't exist, <laughs> you know? Mm. Um, so I, because I didn't have any structure, I kind of was just left to figure it out on my own. Mm-hmm. And, um, and like my dad say, so say my dad was the one who was more direct. Like he was the one who, got me my first tampons when I started my period, um, and was the one who told me about it. And, but I was living with him at the time too. Your parents were divorced. They were divorced. Yeah. Um, and so, and he would say things like he would be direct, but he would say things that are a little bit more toxic. Like men only want one thing, you know, like Mm. (laughs) (laughs) he's trying to protect me. Right. He's trying to protect me. Yeah. But then it like, and, but because I trusted my dad or, you know, I, I wanted to trust so I needed some kind of guidance. I took that so wholeheartedly <laughs> that I realized this year that how much that was a, a belief I had was that, and I, that I had to get over is that men are going to want me for more than that. You know, <laughs> um, 
That's yeah. interesting because my dad was definitely saying that. My dad would say things, but he would just have a caveat to that. Like yeah. a lot of men only want one thing. Your yeah. job is to screen for a man if you want that. Like, you know, like, if you want it. Yeah, if you want <laughs> more. If you want yeah. more what mom and I have, yeah, you have to screen for them because yeah. guys will push mm-hmm. and the guys who really love you don't push. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, that's, okay. that's really cool. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Okay, so then the question, the next question is, um, as a teenager, do you remember any messaging that might have shifted? Okay, so yes, before I think I don't remember exactly how old I was. I guess when I was a teenager, my mom was remarried to her second husband, and she had him have a talk with me and her his son, who was around the same age as me. I don't remember exactly what he said. I just remember thinking it was really funny and uncomfortable (laughs) (laughs) talking about sex, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I honestly don't remember what he said, but I could see, I understood where he was going with it. It's like, okay, he's just doing it because he feels like he has to. It wasn't like, but that was the only conversation we had after that. Right. It wasn't like, I don't know. There was never a consistent conversation. It was like, I showed you how to change the tire in your right. car. Yeah. Why are we so go back figure it out. Again? Right. Figure it yeah. out on your own. Basically my whole experience was you're going to figure it out on your own. And that's what I did. Trial and error. <laughs> <laughs> did he just have like the basic conversation? Like this is what sex is. A, you know, penis gets hard, goes into the vagina. Like what? It, I don't even you... remember it. It was all in general terms. Yeah. It's like, again, for me, it was never specifics. It was all general. Like, I, I couldn't even tell you what he said. I just remember having the talk and feeling not very different after because <laughs> apparently it wasn't effective. <laughs> I, I was, so I think I was like 12 or 13. I found a jock strap like in the laundry of my dad's and I was uh-huh. like, what the hell is this? It's like missing my butt. <laughs> this is before thongs. Yeah. And my mom's like, you know what? Come here. It's probably a good time to have this conversation. And I was like, it's probably like 11. Uh-huh. I was like, and I knew like, oh God, it's, this is, uh, we're going to have some conversation that's going to be awkward. And I remember she talked very, it was very mechanical autonomy, like, um, anatomy kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and I remember saying, do you have any questions? And I was like, nope. nope. <laughs> yeah. Nope. And, but I think, um, it more, the questions I, I had two older sisters, so sometimes I would ask them questions, but mm. I, my parents, I think knew, and I don't know how the hell they knew this inherently, but was that it, um, sex was not just something you talk about. They did a couple things that you talk about, like you here, I'm going to give you, so you understand how mm. sex works, but then they modeled like intimacy and affection right in their relationship and there was things that came up, you know, like you watch a movie or there's something that comes up and my parents weren't shy about integrating those conversations and then asking us like, what do you think? And they really wanted us to start thinking on our own about sex and Mm -hmm. about um, intimacy. And I, I mean, pretty much, but I was raised in a household. My parents were like, sex is best in marriage. And I was like, did you really feel like that? My, my dad, I remember, I think it was my dad was like, eh, not necessarily, but you went to Catholic school and we didn't want you all to run to school. And the nuns would be like, oh my gosh, the Koenigs are telling their kids to hump a bunch of people outside of marriage. He's like, 
did I want you guys to have a like would every time you have a partner is there a risk yeah did I want you to be in a relationship where you can trust them because there could be so many consequences coming out of sex yeah yeah so he's like and and my parents were like yeah we had sex before we didn't know that my parents had sex before marriage that was one mm-hmm. thing they hid from us until I think I even I'm like you guys had sex before marriage and my mom was like looking at me like you thought we didn't. I'm like, you told us. <laughs> you told us you didn't. So what do you think? If we yeah. pulled this shit out of the sky? Seriously, parents don't realize how much children take their words to heart. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, very literal. So yeah, children are very literal until, yeah. until they grow up and their brain's a little bit more developed. But even so, those literal things they take become the unconscious beliefs we have as adults and we don't realize it until we realize it we're like oh shit (laughs) so how did you interact so first like my first kiss was it like first time I kissed a boy I think I was 13 and he was like 15 Mm -hmm. and I remember telling him it was like we met my sister likes his friend and so Mm -hmm. she went off walking with him left him with this and then he kissed me and then we met again if we were camping and I remember telling him yeah I think you're too old for me (laughs) like I I just was like I had a very like I had such boundaries but Mm -hmm. I'm clear I am clear. It's not just the way I was raised me. Cause I'm different than my, I was different than my sisters a little bit mm-hmm. in some ways where I was like, Nope. Yeah. Nope. Like, but that I think also probably goes back to your, the, the, the sexual yeah, being assault. Less, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And going through the court case and having yeah. a voice. Cause yeah, that court case was hinging on what I had to say, but what was your interpretation like, as a teenager? Well, when was your first kiss? Um, I was, mm, probably like around the same age, like 13. Um, yeah, probably like 12, I'd say 13. Uh, but I was going to say, I also remember like watching those videos in school, oh, you know, about uh, like miracle, uh, uh I, I don't, where they tell you about your period and, you know, like, and they, uh-huh. they make you all watch them together and they tell you about STDs and all that shit. No, <laughs> like, no I went to a Catholic school. We oh, to, oh, you did. Oh, school. oh, I didn't get that until public school. But on you public school. <laughs> I know it was like, but I was like yeah. in middle school. Yeah. No, we totally, I was like, we watched the miracle of life and okay. they made parents sign a, a waiver. Yeah. And they separated the boys and the girls. And it's pretty oh. much, like, and I'm pretty sure the teacher that was teaching us in seventh grade might never have had sex. Oh, God. She was not a nun, but she was a lay, as the Catholic oh, Lordy. lay person. Interesting. And I was like, have you? See, had- yeah, they had all of us watching it together. Yeah. I, as if from what I remember in public school, they just put the video on and. That was about it. I don't remember discussions that were had. It was just like, watch the video, take away from it, whatever. Uh-huh. Sorry. Like, oh. Bethany cat. is a very active cat. He jumped from one place to another and it scared the shit out of me. Okay. <laughs> um, he's above my head. That's why. I'm afraid he's going to jump on my head one day. Um, anyway, so yeah, I remember that. Like, I'm just like, as we're talking, realizing how much it was of like, fend for yourself kind of energy. <laughs> <laughs> no, Chris was, I remember my late husband. So he was a history teacher, but also health teacher. And so mm-hmm. he really slowed that process down where they watched videos, but then he brought in this help, the nurse that just would answer anything. And then mm-hmm. he did this activity where you only one person has an STD and you only mix liquids <laughs> in this little vial with two. Oh my God. People. I love it. And then at the end he said, no, every time about 50% of the class will have an STD based on like without, so then they had this big conversation about protective sex. I remember talking to my girlfriend, we were in high school and I said, we were saying something and her boyfriend came on her leg. And I said, well, how close to your vagina? She's like, 
I don't know. And I'm like, if you're wet and he's wet, you can get pregnant. She's like, what? What are you saying? <laughs> I'm like, do you, did you, how does the Catholic kid know this shit? Like, I was oh like, God. she's like, it was kind of close. And I'm like, that is active shit. That oh is my like, God. <laughs> that is so <laughs> funny. Dude, oh my God. Like, right? I was such a warning, warning. Like, this is you- why sex education is so important, guys. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I they're just removing rem- it from Instagram right now. You heard about that? No. They're like they're limiting all of these like sex education and like yeah, right now because of it's inappropriate, quote unquote. Oh goodness. yeah. So yeah. So anyways, I, that's another yeah. topic. And but- I remember when I heard the term blow dro- blow job, mm-hmm. I thought it was a blow dryer. And I was like, I was like, hmm. God bless your innocent heart. I know. And then eventually, I think it was like freshman year in high school. I finally figured it out. Wow. But I didn't ask anyone. I was like, I know I'm wrong. Who could I oh ask? God. And I just didn't have anyone that I felt like I could say and right? not be I mean, mocked at. Yeah. There's a lot of that. I think that happens is like being too scared to ask questions because you're going to look stupid or, you know, mm-hmm. like inexperienced. Um, but yeah, I think I was 13 to go back to your question. When I had my first yeah. kiss, it was like this boy, he was like so cute and bless his heart because he passed away when we were in high school, but um, oh. yeah, from a car accident, but uh, yeah, he was adorable. And, you know, it was like all these like little giddy feelings and we kissed and then um, he was my, he was the same age as me. Um, and I liked him, but like, it never went anywhere. You know, it was like, I was like, Oh, I had a crush on him. Like I was really innocent of like, I just had crushes on, on boys and like wanted to just like be close to them, you know? And like, uh-huh. <laughs> but really what I realized was my whole sex journey was about trying to connect with men to heal or replace that part of me. That was like an absent father, you know? which is why I think I had lack of boundaries around it or why I was just like, didn't, I get that in lack of education or lack of preparedness, you know, like someone being there to guide me. But a lot of my sex journey was more so to fill a void of like connection with men, which is why I think I started so early. Early kissing or like, no, I mean like having sex, like I was 15 when I lost my virginity. All right. So let's, that's what we're going to ask next is so kissing for both you and I were around 13. Mm -hmm. I don't think I kissed another boy. I preferred kissing boys my age. So Mm -hmm. that was definitely something I realized. So I would only kiss and I loved kissing. Did you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I loved kissing then. Okay. So when you were 15, were you, so tell us a little bit about that. Were you dating someone? I was not dating someone. It was like someone I barely knew. Um, there was drinking involved. We were in a garage. <laughs> there were other people in the garage. <laughs> oh my so, goodness. you know, it was not, not your, you know, best, but it was one of those things where it was kind of like, okay, I just want to get it over with so that I can get past this part. And it was with someone who was older, which I actually preferred because I felt like having somebody with more experience, I was seeking that like guidance, right. From somebody who knows what they're doing. Cause I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. It, it wasn't just it was just going back to like not having any structure. Okay, real quick. Did you go from kissing to right to sex or did you have experiences no. of things in between? I had experiences of things in between. So like, like oral flow sex. jobs. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, just yeah, you other or things. Any, any guys go down on you? Because that's, I have. I don't remember. Chris showed me some I don't research. Think so. When we were, when I was married, he showed me research that showed that girls are like, eight to 10 times more likely to give blowjobs than men are to give 
uh, like vaginal oral sex, vaginal. Yeah. And I was like, is that what it's called? What? Cunnilingus? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he's like, yeah. And it starts middle school. Yeah. Middle school. And the pressure. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, like, and it's so true. I remember, but I remember my dad even saying like some, my parents saying stuff like, you know, I forget what it was, but I remember thinking like, I'm not going to do it first. If it's going to happen, you have to do it to me before I do it to you. Because that's what you your dad would say. That's something my dad would say, but I don't know if he said it to me because that's a little more specific. Yeah, yeah. But I remember making a decision that if, if I was going to be with a guy, they, my pleasure had to come first. So then I could trust them mm-hmm. to do it for them. And I still am like that. Yeah. That's okay. So yeah, because I mean, that's what I was wondering is like, okay, you've done it for guys. Did they do it for you? Or for a lot of women, they didn't have, they didn't have oral sex done to them until after they had sex. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was kind of like how I was. I don't like, if I'm thinking about it, it was more just going after the penetration. I was all about wanting to please the guy to get him to like me. Because mm-hmm. I was just trying to get validation or, you know, feel yeah. closer to him. That did was you, where I was coming from. Was so, the first guy you had sex with, that's what you wanted? Like, did you like him? Did you have a crush on him? Or uh, Nah, like, I no, I didn't like, it was just like, he was cute. Like, I didn't like have feelings for him. Um, I thought he was cute. <laughs> and he was older than me. And like, it how was much like, older? Uh, like a few years, maybe like two or three years. Not that much older, but okay. um. I think I don't. Like, I, I, I can I'm pretty hear, sure it's like I can two hear or the three years we, as they're listening. Going, All right, so you'll not a lot older, but you know, yeah. And I then was 15. yeah, so you're like a sophomore in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and then well, if you were to summarize that experience, what would you say? Like if you were to cat like a, like a book title, what would you say your first time having sex was? God. I'm Is that glad the I got it over with. Okay. <laughs> Would you want that to be, if you, would you want that to be Kingston experience or you're like, nah, like, yes, I think anyone that's fine or no, I don't know if I'd want that. I kind of like that. I wasn't super attached to it. Right. And that, that, uh, it could be, it depends on who you are. Like it depends on who you are, honestly. Uh, like I kind of like that. I wasn't super attached to it. And that I didn't have to, you know, like, cause sometimes you, the first person you have sex with, it's like such a big deal and not to say that it shouldn't be. Yeah. But, I think I had the opposite experience. Wait until you're mine. Okay. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> <Can't wait. laughs> but I also think, um, it gets better the more you do it. Like, I think there's also the healthy element of experimenting and having more than one partner and not being attached to it being only one way and needing to explore to really figure out who you are and what you like. Mm-hmm. Um, that, yeah, I, I'm not mad at, I'm not mad at my experience. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, what was yours? Oh, good. So I actually didn't have sex until I was married. Oh my God. So wow. How did I not know that? I know it's, um, I think one of it was, um, seeing several young women get pregnant freaked yeah. me out. Like that yeah. was just like, <gasps> and just so you know, I come from breeders in my family. FYI, I'm not a breeder because it took me so long to have, have Izzy. <laughs> I have one and the time. I mean, it took us like eight years before we had her. Mm. So I, my body is not built to birth a lot of children based on historically, but I didn't know that at the time, like mm-hmm. I come from big size family and my mom's like you, or I don't know if you know this, the rhythm method, which is this Catholic way of trying to avoid getting pregnant. Rhythm. 
yeah, you like track your period. I, in my opinion, well, yeah, that's it's the a natural, stupid thing. That's the yeah. natural, whatever they call it. For some right. women, it really works. My mom, works for me. it does not work for my mother and it, and I think you also have to have like a regular period, whatever. So, well, yeah. That. Um, and then I, okay. So well, how was your first experience then? Okay. So, so tell me, yeah. I, I want to dig, dig into that. Like, okay. how was it waiting for you? Like, did you feel left out at all when you were in high school, say like, and your friends were having sex or other people were, and did you ever wish very like, few what, of my friends were having sex. Okay. I think I had one friend have sex at the very end of high school. Okay. But most of my friends were very college driven. Like I have goals and I'm not going to be taken out of this nice. direction. Yeah. So I made my parents very happy. Mm-hmm. I um, bet. <laughs> <laughs> so I met, but I, I dated and I kissed a lot of boys. Like I didn't, I loved kissing and I actually didn't get this. Not until my senior in high school did I get felt up. And even how it happened, it was not like I was so attracted to the boy, but it wasn't like uh, sweet. I remember thinking like, oh, you're, this is just about you. This is not mm. about me. And mm-hmm. I, and I think my, my parents described me as Aaron, you had an ability to not try to feel special. Like you watched them with a very objective eye. Mm. And so I was a bit intimidating for men <clears throat> when I was young boys. Cause I would just call shit out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then in college dated a little bit, but I was like school. And did work. you do other stuff? Like, like, no, I did oral sex, nothing. Chris, one okay. time. Yeah. So no oral sex Chris. at all either. Nope. Well, Touching Chris, yes. hand jobs, Chris, yes. Fingers, <laughs> anything. When I, met, <laughs> when I met Chris and we started dating, I was like, chemistry was awesome. Yeah. And he kind of, you know, he did things first and, you know, he went down on me and he really was about pleasing me. And so I think that really put my guard down and I fell in love, but I had already told people like, I'm going to probably wait till marriage. Well, and I think we were good for about a year. And then after that was like, Ooh, I don't know if we're going to be able to wait. No. <laughs> it's super tricky, but I think he had a commitment. He grew up Christian. And so he also had a commitment, but we did everything else. Like, okay. well, not anal sex. Let me clarify. Not everything. Why not? Everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, everything, but like penetration. And I okay. think, so then we got engaged when we were in college, our last year in college, and then we got married after college. And when we finally had sex, I do think it was really great, but I realized later I told him, I said, you must have watched a lot of porn because I feel like he, I had to tell him like, look, I am not like, sex is new. So you cannot just flip me in five different positions and right, think right. that I am not going to be sore. Right. And I remember, and like everyone after that, we got married and then we had, we opened gifts and then we went on our honeymoon. And so everyone's like, Oh my gosh, how was it? So everyone's invested in our sex life, of like course. nobody's business, which is yeah. sweet because that's Chris and I always had a very open relationship where we shared where we were, like we were trying to have a baby. So people always kind of, we had a cheerleading crew for us and a supportive crew. Um, but I feel like with him and I, that was the only one thing that I felt like, like, seriously, buddy, he was all Sagittarius. So it was like fire, right? Like, go, yeah, go, yeah. go, let's, yeah. um, but it was, I felt like it was really, we had a really good sex, like, and we communicated and we grew into each other. Mm-hmm. So there were some expectations, I think on his end to like, like in the beginning, like it took probably like a year before I was like, 
could do any position in a way that I wasn't like, oh, okay, this is a <laughs> like, um, so yeah, so that was, and I felt too, like I wasn't worried. The first year I was worried about getting pregnant because mm-hmm. we were, he was still in college. I worked for AmeriCorps. Like we made no money. We were poor right. shit. Yeah. And then after that, I mean, I remember praying to God, like, just to make sure I don't make sure I don't get pregnant. But I remember talking to friends who were single. They said, you know, one of the cool things about being in a committed relationship, you don't worry about SCDs. Like you're not mm-hmm. worried yeah. about all these things. You really need a lot of freedom. And I was like, oh yeah, that is, that is really a sweet piece. So yeah. So I waited until I, was, I still can't believe I did. I'm sometimes Aww, I'm like, that's beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Look at that yeah. opposite fucking experience. Total, right. Are we? <laughs> totally. Um, okay. So the question we want, I, another thing was, did you ever feel wrong? Like in your adulthood? Okay. Cause once you had sex at 15, did you pretty much have regular partners up until, um, say regular like if if I liked a guy like I said I wasn't just like screwing anybody either like it was like if I liked them right if I like wanted to because I feel like there was a choice in the matter for me it wasn't just like I was just like oh yeah any guy who's giving me attention was like I had to like them too um did you have to just like them or did you have to date them like was there a commitment required no there was never a commitment required um did you have uh, for, for to ask, did you have orgasm your first time you had sex no, fuck no. <laughs> when did you have your first orgasm? That's a good with a question. partner. With a partner. Because I'm assuming you had orgasm on your own. Yes. Masturbating. Yeah, yes. I knew how to. I would. I had been doing that since I was a kid. Since okay. I was like seven. Like you know. I. Like, it's funny. I wasn't like that. I don't think I've discovered it until I was like 13. But yeah. once I discovered it, I was like, oh, I know. For me, it was a more, I think of a coping thing and because yeah. I was bored and because I was like, you know, when you're bored and you don't have anyone around, like entertaining you, you figure shit out to do with yourself. Oh, <laughs> I remember t- I was babysitting a little, like two kids and a little boy who was like six and I'd sit on the couch and he would come to the arm and like rub up again, but yes, talk to that's me. And I, I was like, so I'm like, mom, what do I do? She's like, well, do not make him feel bad about it. Yeah. If you don't want him to rub up against sit somewhere else. <laughs> I was like, what if the parents come in and I'm like just sitting here talking to the kid? Right. And he's got and she's like, Well, you you need to normalize that it feels good. And she's like, let the parents, they will parent. Yeah, you just let them say, Hey, this this is what happened, just letting you know. No, I was I didn't. I was didn't. Oh. No, I no, he did it all the fucking time. So I just okay. Well, I'm sure they knew about it then. How could they not? You know? Yeah. If he's doing it around you, that means he's doing it around them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, so yeah, that's what I would do. I would rub up against things like pillows and yeah, sides of <laughs> it feels silly furniture. It does. It feels so weird. What? What makes like you... the bathtub and shit? Like I don't like. Yeah, I used to. I was bored. Honestly, I was just bored. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I knew how to. Uh, okay, so back to the question. I honestly don't remember. It was probably not until I was like, because I'm trying to think of like my. Uh, okay, so I guess it was probably my first boyfriend um when I was 16 okay so yeah when I yeah when we started having and he was older than me too and was four years older than me that wasn't a healthy relationship but he but I did I got a lot more sexual experience in that relationship because he was so much older than me did he bring in the making sure you like was it did he take on like making sure you had orgasm or did you take it on he did 
Yeah, I think that's okay. why. And I think that's why I also tied, I would tie it to men, right? It's like their mm. responsibility um, instead of mine. And yeah. I so. remember, yeah, I took a class. So I don't know, I've talked about landmark education. Mm-hmm. And so they talk every topic and then they're great. You want to know what our, so we're like, all right, ready for the sex topic? We're like, yes, talk about sex. Cause we're talking about transforming in all these areas. They're like, this is what sex is. And then you just pull the wheel of like, like, you know, um, what do you call it when you're at a casino? The, the roulette or something. Oh like, no. The, the put money in the coin in and you pull the hand. Oh, the, like clearly we don't gamble. The thing, the thing. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like you're betting, right? And it's okay. like here we're gonna have sex. Pull the handle, and then like, ooh, you came, ooh, he came, and then, ooh, ooh, and then eventually it's like, oh my god, we came at the same time. Oh my god, we're in love. They're like, mm. sex has nothing to do with yeah. anything to do with love. Mm-mm. It is an act. And I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, if I would have had sex young, and I did have orgasm i think i would have collapsed the two yeah yeah that for sex sure. is correlated to because they're making love. you feel a certain way that you can't experience necessarily with everybody yeah yeah and i and not that sex isn't it's clearly freakishly important yeah but it doesn't have the same to do with love yeah and i was like Mm. I, I remember thinking like it was going to be long ass conversation about sex. I was like, that's, that's it. true. That's I've had been having that conversation lately with this new guy that I'm dating too. And how he was talking about his, how he always separated the two and he never attributed it with love. Mm, um, yeah. Uh, but it can also be something you do because you love it. Like, you know, so it's like, there's, it's a weird like mix up because no, they're not dependent upon each other, but when they're brought together, it makes it so much better, you know? Yeah. I think, and that's why I think my parents were trying to convey to me yeah. as a child, my siblings were like, yes, like my niece and I joke, like a girl's got to eat. Like, you know what? <laughs> sometimes you, lots of times, whenever you want, but at the same time, there's a little, for me personally, there's a different experience yeah. of good sex and mm-hmm. good sex being in a loving relationship yeah um where it's good sex and i was talking mm-hmm. to my sister one time i asked her who i think i don't know if i told you this but i said who who is like who did you have the best sex with mm-hmm. she's like uh i always have good sex i'm like what <laughs> yeah what do you like and i went to like automatically like oh you must pick great lovers she's like no i'm a great lover yeah exactly. i'm always bringing my game because i'm always managing myself exactly and i think and i was like oh yeah I'm going to take that on. Yeah. I have great sex all the time because I like sex and I take care of myself. Totally. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the point I got to within the last few years was realizing it doesn't matter who I'm with. It'll be different. Right. Yeah. But I'll always be able to get off because I know my body and I've had mm-hmm. all this practice now <laughs> that I can, you know, I understand okay. what I need to do and I'm not afraid to speak up and put my, put that first or like, say like, this is what I want or can we do this position or can we do that? Or, you know, that doesn't feel good. Your head needs to go here. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. Move your head, move your butt. Like, (laughs) okay. So question. Well, I did ask you. Yeah. What did you ask me? Um, I'm going to, I can't find the question. So I'm going to ask you this question. So you got married at what age? 20. Well, okay. We were together for almost 
we were together for seven years before we got married. Is that so, the longest time? Basically, my point is- That was is, my longest relationship, yes. Okay, how is monogamous relationship for you on that stretch? Because like my husband and I were together like 18 years. Okay, yeah. So my husband, ex-husband and I were together for almost 10 years total. Okay. So three of those were married, but like, I mean, we were technically married for the, the first seven years. Yeah, anyway, because we sex. lived together, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and we weren't, you know, sleeping with anybody else that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say you on weren't. my part. No, I wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Not until the last two years. But um Well, you did yeah, the last year. I did. The last, but we weren't having sex at all. So that was the reason. Um, oh, this is a whole other episode. I know, right? I know. I thought we should yeah, talk about this. No, I know. would you this call is that why a, sex of an affair? I did have did an affair, you? yeah. I mean uh. physically, yes, but it was like, but also like I I mean, this is also me trying to make myself somewhat right for doing it which is not right I don't I don't think that's a good thing to do at all and I am not saying it was a good thing <laughs> I just want to make that clear I'm just curious because it was because we what? weren't having sex I wasn't having sex with somebody else and then going home and having sex with him does that make sense we weren't having sex the only reason that I did it um so but to answer your question but did he see it as an affair well of course I mean it's an emotion yeah. I think it was more of an emotional affair I mean of course yeah. physically and physical too it was it's like yeah i'm committed to that person that means all part of all parts of me is is committed to that person so of course it's an affair well i um, and i've worked with clients who have not had sexless marriage i've Googled, like researched a lot and it's supposed to be six or less times a year from yeah. some that's the most common agreed upon yeah. yeah and i've told clients like if you don't have sex I'm just telling you someone you're at, you're at risk. Now I don't saying you should go have sex and fix it, but it's mm-hmm. part of a increasing yeah. the risk factor of right. someone going outside the marriage. If both of you are not okay, not having sex, if someone yeah. wants it and someone doesn't, there's risks in that. Right. But again, we weren't talking about it. So that's why it also happened. We weren't, you know, there was no agreement. There was Did he have an affair? I don't know. I don't, he, oh. like, I don't know. There's parts of me that believe he could have I don't want to say after we were married but like before that in a relationship somewhere but I don't mm. know for sure um and but yeah anyway so in a monogamous monogamous relationship for me the sex is definitely better because mm. I feel like the more that I trust somebody the more I'm going to open up and mm. be myself which is really fun and adventurous sexually yeah <laughs> so so that means you get to do more and you feel less you're uninhibited. Um, so that's, so I love monogamy for that reason, mm-hmm. for sexual reasons. Um, yeah. So what about for you? For me, I, I mean, it was first, my first, I have to acknowledge that it was my only partner who I mm-hmm. had sex with, like nothing like it was pretty oral sex, all <laughs> anything on the spectrum of sex was with Chris, my late husband. And so um, I rather why I say late husband. I don't want people to think Carl, like they're like, what the hell? There's all these men. Right. Names. Yes. But we were together 18 years, had sex for 15 of those 18 years. And it was really good. I think for us, um, he was super adventurous and he mm-hmm. was, I think a romantic. So I think that really helped someone for me where it pulled me in wanting more sex and feeling taken care of um and and yeah super i think just super adventurous like it was like what do you want to do um 
But I think there was times like I felt when I was trying to get pregnant, the time when I think I didn't like there was, I just want to acknowledge that pregnancy kind of, there was that, right. I was pregnant, yeah, yeah. two miscarriages for my daughter mm-hmm. and I it took some effort for us not to turn it into this, like temperature measuring shots like not, we had like he worked really hard to keep that a romantic time Aww. that I think I've heard other my some of my clients didn't get that in their relationship because he didn't want the desire to have a child kill off the chemistry we had in sex mm-hmm. but I think where I got a little bit and I remember telling him was after we had our daughter we tried to get pregnant for a couple of years and I was like listen I've been doing this now for 10 years we got a child out of it and I'm just over like always worried like am I pregnant am I not and I that's what ended up having him get a vasectomy I'm like I'm good with this I'm finding that I'm holding myself back from Mm. taking a new job doing all these other things and I think that was when I felt a drop in sex drive was Mm. just like wait if I get pregnant wait what if I have a miscarriage I got in my head Mm-hmm. And when after he had a vasectomy, I, there was a freedom. Mm-hmm. And I think for Chris, though, he wanted more kids. He also wanted that not to be lost. Mm-hmm. And so we had to go through therapy. We actually went through therapy and we had, had multiple conversations because we came at it differently, but I, it was an influencer in how sex was for me mm-hmm. because I was, it wasn't just sex. It was like, can we have a kid? Okay, we have a kid. Yeah. We want another kid. Ugh, you the know. stress of all that. Yeah. It's like then you attach that those feelings to the act of it, right? And it makes it uh-huh. less fun, less adventurous, less spontaneous, which is what I think is great about sex. And it, and less playful too. Like I love yeah. I see it as a form of play, like, you know, and I think that's what how I saw it when I was a kid. That's why I was like, <laughs> this is fun. It's playful. It's there's nothing wrong with it, you know. Totally. And I think it's so, I love like, yeah, the play and the fun, it's messy, like shit happens yeah. and I am not one to step over it. Like, no. yeah. <laughs> like you actually fart during sex. Yeah. I was gonna oh say. yeah. No, more than once. <laughs> yeah. I have farted. I have like, oh my God. I think, um, I think my earring got caught on Carl's nipple and it's a shirt. Oh. I'm actually wearing it. Owie. I got, oh my, one time with one guy, I got some of his like penis skin between <laughs> my teeth <laughs> and he went, ah, ah, and I was like, what? And I pushed oh and it literally pinched off. And I was like, okay, okay, we're done. That were must you really fighting hurt. his junk? No, no. I think it just got, I have a space between my front teeth. It's not that because, big. <laughs> it's no. So just enough got in there and you should have heard the squeal. Oh my God. I bet. It was it was hard because I was like, are you okay? And at the same time, I'm laughing because like, how the hell does mm. shit happen? Periods, the mess. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think Carl one time looked down and thought it was a massacre and almost passed out because he thought his junk looked like it got slaughtered. And I'm yeah. like, no. I'm... You're like, well, what do you expect? It's First period day of my sex. period. Second yeah. day of my period. Right. Exactly. Uh, oh my yeah. gosh. It is. Yeah. And then so many feelings come along with that, right? And like shame or embarrassment or like feeling bad about it or like there's something wrong with you. And I think there's so much, so much of that mixed in with sex, which is why uh, like certain fetishes come about or people want to do like some Mm -hmm. really taboo things because they were shamed or got this this message that what you're doing or how you feel, if it feels good, if you like this, it's wrong. Um, it's not acceptable in society and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I see 
a world of sex being so much more open now and people being more open about, you know, um, BDSM and, and, uh, fetishes and BDM, what'd you say? BDSM. I think that's what it is. BDSM bondage, dominant, sub, submissive bondage. Well, that's that too. Uh, S and M. What is it? Masochism. That's that. That's sadomasochism. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, being a sadist or a masochist. So that's that's all. Yeah. So uh, lots of all that stuff and, uh, and yeah. open relationships too, or group sex and so many things. Like I follow a lot of people on Instagram just like because I think it's interesting um, to see how they empower it in their life and how they talk about it so openly and how mm-hmm. hey they're they're normal people just like you and me. There's nothing wrong with them, right? Then they also freely right. Ad- admit right. right. Exactly. I'm right about this. So I'm not even going to be corrected. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think that some of it is knowing your lane. I mean, I remember when I started, so let me just acknowledge. So I was in a monogamous relationship. Uh, I'm pretty sure we both were faithful. He had a healthy fear because I was like, look, if you fucking have an affair (laughs) and then you come back and have sex with me, dropping off your balls, God help you. No, he liked to look at Kristen, not want to be considered an asshole. And he knew that if he did that to me, God help him who I would say, what I would say. And he had a healthy respect of my sisters and my family and my friends. But when he died, I remember that's where shame showed up for me because I Mm. remember getting horny about six months after he died, Mm. feeling horrible. Like, oh my God, like I shouldn't, like you can't. And I had it in my head. You can't grieve and be horny. That's just mm. like, I just, and it took my your body was calling you to like release some stuff there. Prob- like, yeah. Give yourself some pleasure during all this grief. <laughs> and that's what she, yeah. And then definitely I was, I think at first it was like total shutdown, but then I, mm-hmm. kind of, and I was 38. So it was not like I was, you know, old, like 80. Yeah. yeah. Um, not me. Who knows how, what women are doing at 80. I'll tell you when I get there, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like, but then when I chose to be open to dating, it was really because of sex. Like I was like, yeah. I'm horny. I miss that. And I hadn't had not, I remember my therapist being like, you've had regular sex, access to sex for years. And now you're kind of in this drought, Yeah. but that's what launched me back in. And then I had to like discover what the hell that was mm-hmm. because I'd been with the same person. And I have a, uh, like my first time I had sex out, you know, after my husband died, I said to the end of dating him, I said to him, I was like, listen, this is like, I totally dropped my clothes. Like we were making out da, da, da. And I was like, listen, does this, and I got, when we were getting naked, I stood up, I'm like, does this work for you? Cause if it doesn't, <laughs> then let's just stop now. And he was like, yeah, I'm like, okay, is there anything that we need to talk about? Like, cause we have to protect, like, I just did this whole, like. And I remember later being like, uh, oh man, I showed up with a bag and, and my friend goes, my friends were like, oh my God, you did not show up. And I'm like, listen, we were at, I don't know what date we were at, but I knew we were like close to having sex. I'm like, well, I'm going to brush my teeth. I'm going to change my underwear. They're like, girl, you were supposed to just slither out of there. Walk a shame. And I was like, no, I'm not going to walk out of there. Like I'm going to leave in the morning. And I like, yeah handled and I think he was just like trying to like keep up with me like what the you're like oh you have a bag oh oh you have a toothbrush oh you're like telling me how it's gonna go down you're like I'm in charge of this motherfucker (laughs) and I was like and I think I was like you you have condoms right 
uh yeah okay like right. let me see the expiration date like oh, god. I, like oh my god Aaron you just like suck the fucking fun right out but of once it. He, he's like <laughs> but once we were like yes yeah I, I could abandon I could have fun right right once no, it was all the things you need to do for yourself totally yeah yeah and I think it was important that I be for me to just rediscover sex and it was different it was sometimes harder because mm-hmm. he had a different he was a water sign to so more emotional yeah where I was with a fire sign that pretty much you could just like, I could be pissed at you, but like, yeah, let's bang it out. And yeah, then I'll get totally. back to being pissed at you. And I was yeah. just like, well, you don't want to have sex because you're upset. What? Like, what's right. like, I was so yep. like, huh? Yeah. And, but then that launched and I, in the book, which we'll talk about in a few minutes is it, she talks about taking lovers for the longest time. I called all the men I slept with, um, men I slept with like, oh, yeah. I slept with and then later I was like, you know what? When I was listening to the pussy reclamation book, I was like, I took lovers. That's what I did. Mm-hmm. So I'm shifting that. That's language nice. I got from the book is not that I, well, I slept with these guys. It was like, no, I took lovers. Yeah. And I didn't know what I wanted. And I think there was shame. And probably that's where my shame might lie more mm-hmm. is, you know, sleeping with anyone outside. So I dated someone. Yeah. And we broke up. And then, um, taking different lovers and learning what I wanted and didn't want. Yeah. Um, it took time, right. Mm-hmm. Having my first one night stand, I was like, Oh, getting through the feeling of that. Right. Or then actually that was easy. Like, yeah. It was easy. I feel okay with it. I'm not a slut. Like whatever it is you're afraid you're going to be, you're like, this is actually cool. And you feel some like empowerment around it. Yeah. I, I felt, I felt like, Oh, well, I felt like girls got to eat and I do not yes. want to date him. Like, yeah. like that's not right. where no, I'm gonna... and Yeah, exactly. And then you can thank him for what he provided for you. <laughs> <laughs> totally. No, and it was but, definitely, and I'm a, you know, I realized too, I didn't realize what a hornball I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I like, I'm definitely physical. Yeah. Um, cool. That's the thing too, is I realized too, is collapsing the physical affection and intimacy with sex too. Cause I think I didn't get a lot of that when I was a kid, I got it more so from men, like, like this sounds bad, but like, you know, Mm. like hugs and kisses Mm. and like physical affection, touching, like rubbing your back or whatever, you know, just like non-sexual physical affection. I got that from men. So Mm. it was like, again, I used it as a way to get that need also and collapsing the two, right. Is like, if I need physical affection, I have to have sex with them also, or first or whatever, mm-hmm. in order to get that need met. Because I, because like, yeah, a girl, like for me, I realized how much I was collapsing fi- uh, intimacy and wanting to emotionally connect with men mm-hmm. in the act of sex and thinking that that was the only way to get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, and what I, when I started dating, I think I was like, look, I could be a whole like if I agree to be a whole, right. You can be, if you chose. Yeah. Yeah. Then. Okay. But if I, I got to a place where I was like, there's sometimes it was, yes, I know you, you're a stick. I'm a whole, that's what we're doing. <laughs> but, but oftentimes when I was looking for a relationship, I was screening, like if I'm, and they're like, no, no, it's special. I'm like, well, I don't believe you until I believe you mm-hmm. until I feel a connection. Yeah. I'm a whole. Yeah. And I, it's not because it's I don't love my whole and I don't, think that my pussy's sacred and amazing, but it's, I don't know what you think of me. And if you want all that comes with right. sex. And I think I would, yeah, I just, do you do any of this? Like I just screamed the shit out of guys. Like, 
Well, I do now. Mm-hmm. Well, how, <laughs> long has that been hap- how long has that been Thanks happening? How long has that been happening? to you. No, um, screening. Yeah. Um, well, I'd say, yes, I do. I'd say I, I'm actually better than I thought. Like, I'd say I've been good at listening to my pussy when it comes to who turns me on. Right. And so mm. I'm not just going around trying to sleep with every man, you know, that's not, were you ever I, going around trying to sleep with every no, man? No, no, but no, but I think there was like, I also, again, took that on as like, if you're sleeping with more than one person, or if you're allowing yourself to have casual sex with people, there's something wrong with you. Like, you know, all of those negative mm. shameful things, like you're a yeah. slut, you're a whore or whatever. Um, but in, in reality, I was choosing and it was my body who was choosing who I wanted to have sex with. And then, um, it really was just more about my mindset and my logic and my emotions catching up to that saying, Hey, you're actually doing okay. Like you didn't get pregnant, right? Like you, Mm. you know, like you, I never had, well, I did have an abortion, but this was after my marriage, but like, I didn't, didn't get an STD. I didn't like, you know, I was being pretty safe about it. I didn't get pregnant, like all that, that stuff. My body was actually taking care of me in a sense of like giving me what I needed when I needed it and and being uh, guiding me to the people who I knew would be good for me, whether it was like, because they knew they were going to please me the way I wanted to be pleased or have that connection, that, that chemistry, or it was, there was a lesson and some healing also in that, that, cause I, I tend to be a one person person. Like yeah. I don't want to have multiple partners. I would prefer to. So if I find someone who like, I have a good sexual chemistry with, it's hard for me not to <laughs> like yeah. leave them. Right. Because I, I will just want to keep going back. Um, And I think that's something for me is I actually had one person that I had really good chemistry, but they did not want a relationship. Yeah. And that was hard. That was my, that had heartbreak around it because I hadn't been with someone who I, I had gotten yeses from everyone. So Mm -hmm. I was used to, I don't want to say getting what I want, but I was used to, I screened men to make sure like you're open, I'm open and let's see if this works. And, Mm -hmm. And I, if they didn't want to be with me, I didn't want to be with them. It usually was mutual or yeah. I didn't want to be with them. And then I had one person where I was like, oh, I really want this. And they were like, nope, like mm. we could do sex, but that's it. And then that was, that was a whole like long journey to figure out, to unpack that for me. And I think yeah. my friend was like, I was talking about it. She's like, like, I don't know what it is. I think, you know, and she's like, as was describing, I'm like, I think he basically chose to date someone else eventually. Mm. And I was telling her, I'm like, I feel this way and this I'm just, and she goes, Aaron, it's called jealousy. And I was like, it's called rejection. Oh. You feel rejected. Yeah. And I was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that sucks. That's a shitty feeling. I, I, and I, yeah, I don't think it was until after I realized, okay, I actually do want a relationship where I have both, not just one or the other. Cause I think I was mm. operating from that place. Like I'll either have really good sex with somebody and there's no emotions involved, or I'll have I'm an emotional connection, but the sex mm-hmm. is not as whatever. Good. Um, it wasn't until I realized I wanted both that I started mm-hmm. getting that too, that those feelings of like being really heartbroken and rejected and like, mm. because I'm actually opening myself up emotionally yeah. through the act of sex. Whereas before it was easy to shut that off. Yeah. But as I started opening more uh, after my, my divorce, that's when all of that kind of mm. flooded open. <laughs> and that's when I, that's when I started screening more. That's when yeah. I started going through the process of what do I actually want? Can this person provide it for me? Yes. Yeah. Sometimes it was difficult to not fall back into the trap of the people who couldn't provide it for me just because we had a good sexual connection. Um, 
and just getting help along the way, you know, to, yeah. to change that and to realize what do you need to screen for? What do you actually want? You know, yeah. like all of that kind of stuff. Totally. I totally am with you. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to talk more about sex and our journey and what is socially been put upon us as women. And we're going to do this in our pussy panel mm-hmm. our book club. So everyone um, in a moment, Bethany's going to talk about our book. We'll both talk about it, but share with us, but know that this is really just an introduction. Bethany mm-hmm. and I wanted to share our journey with all of you and be really vulnerable and where, you know, because it, I think it's amazing where you kind of had the bumpy road when you first started having sex. I had the bumpy road after yeah. Like my, you know, being a widow was when I was like, oh, doing things that my friends had already done. They said yeah. it was amazing watching me. Like, <laughs> you were boiling in water. Like, oh my God. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. I was just like, shit, this is like such a self-discovery journey. Mm-hmm. You can have all the self-discovery, but eventually if you choose to be open to a partnership or in any which way from just sex to like a relationship, it is fumbly messy Mm -hmm. process so we're bringing a group of women together of diverse ages um experiences yeah and we'll be integrating this in our podcast where we will have um almost it'll come out to like every other show starting in late in no like mid-january yeah in a couple january Um, So you'll get to go on the journey with us if you're interested. And really the idea is to read the book, Mm -hmm. be part of the uh, podcast, listen to the panel. And then also we're going to have a Facebook group book club that you could join. Um, But before we get into all that, Bethany, tell us a little bit about the book. I know you shared it last time on the podcast, but. Yeah, I, after, after I shared, I was like, did I even share what I wanted to share? So (laughs) I do that often. I was like, (laughs) I don't know. No, but so I am the one who read the book and presented it to Aaron. Mm -hmm. And I literally, if I ever have a conversation about some, a woman opening up to her feminine energy, I always recommend this book. And every time I do, I always get the, oh my God, this book is amazing. It changed my life. Or there's some aspect of Mm -hmm. like, yeah, that really resonated with me. Um, because it's so much more than just the title, which is pussy. And again, Mm -hmm. that is a very charged word to use because there are some people who, uh, aren't comfortable with it. And you, like, it's even used as a derogatory term for like, if you're a weak person, like, you know, like, oh, you pussy, like, I don't, I try not to do that anymore. Cause that's a habit actually. I, noticed. I banned it and now yeah. call people ball sacks. Yes. And that's, I love that. And I, I'm do the same thing because like, again, if you think about it, a pussy is actually more resilient and stronger than a ball sack. So <laughs> totally. I got it from, I stole the idea from pink. She good. She was the one I that love her. changed yeah. it in her family and told her husband, like, um, what yeah. you want to say the strongest muscle you could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Call him a pussy. That's a compliment. But if you want yeah. to insult someone, call him a ball sack. What does yeah. it do? It's exactly. It shrivels up and fucking keels over. Yeah. <laughs> Can't move for a few, few yeah. minutes. Um, whereas women can give birth and push a fucking 10 pound baby out of their pussy and then yeah. be walking the next day. So yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Betty White has a good quote about it too. Yes. 
I love some pounding or something. Yes. We'll have to, we'll post it sometime for all of we you. We will. We'll post it in the Facebook group if you'd yes. like to join. We'll have the link there for you to join also. Um, so anyways, the whole, I presented it to Aaron and I was like, I think more women need to read this book. So what if we started a book club on the podcast? And that's really where it started. Mm-hmm. And it just has developed from there. And for me personally, and I really want to hear what you have gotten out of it, Aaron, because I know you were, as you started reading it, right? Because you're not finished with it yet. I, I just have a little bit, uh, okay. about a chapter left. Right. So, but I, I want to hear what, because Aaron was like, oh my God, this is so, like, she even says like, it makes her fucking asshole pucker. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, some of the activities I was like, oh, okay, okay. Lordy. yeah. But for me, there was this, like, I think going through my journey, I always felt like an outsider. Like I couldn't relate to everyone else around me. And like, I was experiencing a lot of things that other women were not experiencing. And I think it was just because it wasn't talked about. And like I said, Mm -hmm. with my journey of no one ever talking to me about it or normalizing it for me, this book really normalized a lot of things for me. And I learned how to have a perspective shift around my sexual journey. Whereas it came from a lot of shame. And I also realized, well, actually there's a lot of empowerment. And I kind of saw the other side of it is that I'm actually glad I got all of my sleeping with a lot of men in my early, you know, like when I was in high school and then like after, like in my early thirties or late twenties, early thirties, uh, done. Right. So that I know what I like and I know, uh, what pleases me so that I can be in charge and like own my own turn on. Like that's something Mm -hmm. that I really took away from what she talks about in the book Mm -hmm. is we even mentioned it already is that I can have sex and be turned on. Like it's, it's all dependent upon me. It's not dependent upon mm-hmm. the other person. And there's a level of power in owning that responsibility of your mm-hmm. turn on. Um, and then just some of the experiences that she talks about, I really resonated with um, personally. And I think a lot of women can, even if you maybe can't resonate with or like relate to all of the stuff. I think mm-hmm. the message in the book to empower women in their pleasure in owning their bodies and uh, their choices and then also bringing women together to support each other mm-hmm. and having that sense of community around it too because I think that is what's missing in like even with yours and my both of our uh, ways of br- being brought up is the talking about it like the mm-hmm. the safe space to say this is what I'm experiencing like talking about relationships with men where you're like I don't know this happened like you know like it's it goes so much deeper than just sexual it's about that support for each other to um, have boundaries, to set boundaries with men or just to, to know how to keep them, to know when it's okay to let yourself loose and, and explore, you know, th- those kinds of things. So that's what I got out of it. Um, and I would really love to hear, I guess, your first impression of it, Erin. And then like, I guess how, as you're reading it, what, what the biggest takeaway has been for you? I think for me, it's owning, I first just the word pussy. I, I want, did you ever watch uh, Vagina Monologues? No, I never saw it. Okay. If anyone's listening, Vagina Monologue is a um, play and I think it's awesome. It's mm-hmm. really um, a great way to empower women around and different stories about talking about vagina. Um, I think with pussy, it reminds me of like taking back the language. And I think also yeah. with the Women's March, pussy caps, like, you know, I love, I love that ownership. And then mm-hmm. for me, I think, um, it's like, I, I think it's getting me to question, like, look at what pleases, not what pleases me. It's 
does this please me? Why mm. does this a little bit deeper look? I mean, I have really take responsibility for my own pleasure, want certain partners. I know what I want. I want equitable, mm-hmm. you know, I want it to be safe. Yeah. Um, but I'm also taking things a little bit like I, the one thing she says, does my pussy like that? Mm-hmm. And I was buying flowers. Now I have a plant, but I was <laughs> buying flowers and, and I was like totally making this decision. Like, does my pussy, what flowers does my pussy want? And in my head, it was funny. I used to pick flowers that would like, oh, those will last a week. Oh, these flowers are going to mm, die really quick. Practical reason. Totally. <laughs> They're pretty enough and they'll have the practical side. And I yeah. just would like being impractical pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's like that. It's like, I'm trying to take the journey a little bit deeper. Yeah. And I also am excited about the panel because for me, the witnessing of other women being mm. empowered in any area of their life and especially sexuality and pleasure. Um, I'm excited to see women stepping further or stepping for the first time into their own empowerment. So for yeah. me, it's if you and I creating this platform that, that makes women further, helps women go further on that journey. That's, mm-hmm. that's my lady boner. That totally. gets me all excited to see. Yeah, that. well, that's the whole point. And I think that that is one of the points of the book is us uplifting each other and yeah. in that way um, and not turning it into jealousy or shame or judging each other, which is what we're so used to in society, unfortunately. <clears throat> yeah, no. And I think because I had a, a different experience with sex, like my first partner, I had, I had orgasm from the get-go. I had orgasm nice. before I had sex, nice. but I made, but I had a family that was in the conversation of like, right. um, that's what respectful sex looks like is yeah. you want to please your partner and women take the short end of the stick way too often yes. or given the short end of the stick. Yes. And I, so we're also gonna have my mom is on the panels. So my mom's seven that's awesome. years. And the reason why I quote my dad, I think a lot is because my dad would say things in ways that I could hear it, but my yeah. mom was definitely part of the conversation. Yeah. But what I have excited about is that everyone's come and seen this journey, entered it different in different places, are on different, in the different process of it. But knowing that my journey's kind of pretty unique. I think yours is probably more typical than what mine is. Like, yeah. people wait until marriage. Yeah. I'm the only one. No. Yeah. I can't even think of someone that I know other, not even my parents. So I'm kind of like, oh, wait, who did? And I think I lived a little in La La Land. I thought a lot of people did. <laughs> I think I was like, what? What? You didn't? What? Like, I yeah. had a roommate. I was convinced they waited till marriage. And then later I said, you guys were having sex the whole time. And she's like, ah, but I knew you were waiting. So I didn't want to tell you. I was like, you're Mormon for God's sakes. You're oh, not Lordy. Like, I was shocked. Yeah, I'd say uh, sexual trauma and childhood trauma is actually more common when it comes mm-hmm. to, and I think that's why I related to Regina's book, probably mm-hmm. maybe a little like deeper or in a deep way. I'm not saying you didn't, but you know, just like because yeah. of the things that she shares. And hers was different. Hers was in her right. home. Which yes. Someone came into the home. So it's yeah. Different. It, yeah. Because in my, all of my childhood trauma was in my home also. Yeah. So it's like, you to know. live with it is different than to have an interloper. Yes, exactly. Um, but I think everyone's experience of it, like the content still resonates with whoever it resonates with. It doesn't matter yeah. if you relate to the exact same story that she had or not. Um, 
And that's what I love about it is it's creating the space for women to have their own experience around sex and pleasure and trauma and healing and empowerment mm-hmm. and being messy and all of it too. And, and yeah. holding each other. And even if I can't necessarily relate to your experience, I can still honor it and respect it and give you that support that you need. Um, so that's cool. what we're attempting to create here with our book club um, on the podcast. And I'm really excited for all the women and the Facebook group, which will have more t- uh, chances to interact, which we're mm-hmm. also inviting anyone who's listening. So you can be a man if you, you know, like if you want to join the Facebook group, it, it, the conversation is open to whoever wants to be in there. You don't um, have to have a pussy. No, you don't However have to have you a pussy. However you identify, you're invited. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, because it, it is like I'm telling, was telling the the man that I just started dating, we've only been dating for about a month now about the mm. book. And he was like, Oh, well, I'm really interested. And he's like, I want to pick your brain about this. And we're, it's like opening up a conversation for us and, and seeing how the communication is so important. Mm-hmm. If we want to be, you know, I don't know, uh, want to have the conscious sexual relationship that I am looking for that we're yeah. both looking for, you know, um, and not just operating unconsciously. So it opens the conversation to lots of different things and we're excited to open that bag. <laughs> and there'll be a lot of, because we are an experiential podcast. Yes. So it is going to have activities. You'll be invited. The panel, we actually have an agreement. The panel, everyone will have read mm-hmm. or be in the process of reading the book. They will agree to do some activities. So know that we're with you. Yes. It's not doing exactly what you're doing, doing more so that we give you the, we either share the experience of what happened, of what activity or what the book suggested yeah. all the way to being shoulder to shoulder with you. So yes. come join us, read yeah. the book with us and let's have a pussy adventure. Pussy adventure. Let's do pleasure for pleasure's sake. Yeah. And not so, because, you know, it has a, any other purpose than it just feeling good. That's what I love. It, um, it was us, uh, and we, we're going to say pussy a lot. So if yes. this is a hard word for you, we apologize. And I we don't. invite, <laughs> I apologize. She but apologizes. I, I, I apologize. I don't want to, uh, it's not a fed. I don't want to make it hard for them to hear beyond the word. And, um, and I completely own the word. So I'm not going to avoid saying it. It was funny. I heard, um, shit, what is, uh, God Oh, I could see the gentleman. Basically, I had the, I read this article about someone owning a word that was offensive, mm-hmm. but they but the, how they explained it was how I see owning the word pussy. I have one. Yeah. I love it. I get to name it whatever I want. And right. if you don't like the name of my pussy, you don't like the name of my vagina that I call pussy, then um, that's okay. Yeah. Right. But it's absolutely okay. Might not be like, the conversation for you. It's, it's not our be... intention. Right. It's not our intention to offend anyone or make anyone trigger anyone or make anyone mm-hmm. feel a certain way. Um, and yeah, like I, I'm learning how to not apologize for the things that I <laughs> am comfortable with in myself mm-hmm. because yeah. I'm not responsible for that, for anyone else's feelings. Like just know it's not our intention. We're, and if you don't resonate with it, then you don't have to listen. That's it's a skip those episodes that. and go back right. to the other one. Yeah. And, and what I loved about in the book too, is that I highly recommend if you're listening and 
you're triggered by some of it, even the word, like just picking up the book and starting to read it because she, in the first chapter, explains why she chose that word and all the other words she could have chosen and why she chose it. And to me, that was a big, because even when I first started reading, I was like, I don't know if I can say this. It's still hard sometimes to say pussy in front of certain people. Um, Really? Yeah. I, I, when I first started reading the book, I, I was like, Oh, this is a little, okay. Like I was like, yeah, I'm excited about it, but it also makes me feel a little weird. So I I was there and I, I understand the, the hesitation with it. So, but I just recommend reading the book if, if you're interested in taking it on. (laughs) All right. So with that, uh, thank you everyone for joining us. We're excited that you join us for the, uh, Pussy podcast. Pussy that will come panel out. podcast. It will be starting, I think, January 13th. 13th. Yeah. So wait for it. Wait for Stay it. Stay tuned. Yeah. Thank you guys right. for listening. All right. Have yeah. a great day, everyone. Bye.